This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening. You're listening to Sharmila Ganesan. Tonight, the newly launched National Digital ID. First, we discuss the pros and cons of this and what effective implementation should look like. But we also want to hear from you. Are you in favour of the National Digital ID? You can call 777-332-900, tweet us at BFM Radio, send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our new mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08 and you may already have seen the pictures. Today, uh, our Prime Minister, Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim, became the first individual in Malaysia to register uh, the digital ID, uh, the national digital ID. So this, of course, is part of a larger um, initiative that was launched under the Malaysia Digital Economy Blueprint. And um, the idea is to um, move us squarely into the digital economy. So the national digital ID will essentially function um, as an ID for Malaysians to access uh, digital services under the government. Um, and so it'll become your digital fingerprint almost, right? A way to identify you safely, um, they say, um, and, and to be able to um, partake in digital initiatives under the government. So some of the examples that uh, both the PM as well as the um, uh, Minister for Communications uh, has talked about is, uh, for instance, uh, if targeted subsidies um, are rolled out, uh, this might be a way to use digital IDs. Um, it'll also be a way to access um uh, for instance, uh, handouts, a way to um, basically have details or data tied to a digital identity uh, for Malaysians. Now, to be clear, this is not going to replace our IC, the physical IC cards that we use, uh, but rather is viewed as a complement to it, um, as a way to... Um, I suppose add layers of safety and security, um, especially since a lot of uh, a lot of the facilities that we use these days have a significant digital component. So we will be unpacking this with our guest very shortly. We'll be joined by Sia Fung, who is a cybersecurity consultant and a CEO of LGMS. But we want to hear from you as well. Are you? Um, are you in favour of this national digital ID? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us and keep it here, BFM 89.9. Be free-minded, BFM 89.9. It is 6.12, you're listening to the you're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and we're talking about the newly launched national digital ID. Uh, the PM became the first individual today to have a national digital ID and soon of course this will be opened up to um, all uh, other Malaysians as well. So we want to hear from you. Are you in favour of this initiative? You can call 777 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now is CF Fong, CEO and Cybersecurity Consultant at LGMS. CF, always good to have you with us. 
Thank you, Shamila. Thanks for the invitation. So the National Digital ID was launched um, and the PM said that this will facilitate online identity verification for users. Let's start with the pros. What benefits do you see the system bringing both to individuals and our economy? I think in the view of uh, as a consumer, I think this is a, is a good approach because uh, you, we, when we're looking at a country, we are moving towards digitalizations. A lot of our government services, even privatized uh, private services are going for digitalizations. So digital ID is, um, is inevitable. Uh, I think this is a way to go. But I think before that, let's have an understanding of what is digital ID first because I think that a lot of consumers, like a lot of public, may have a mis understanding or misconception about what digital ID is all about. I think once we understand what digital ID is all about, I think this is just another natural progression uh, when we move on to more digitalizations in our lives. So digital ID itself is basically, it's just an ID, just an account. Just imagine that when you go to open an account with, uh, let's say Gmail, open an account with uh, Facebook, you need an account, right? So digital ID, the national digital ID's intention is to have a unified ID that can uniquely identify ourselves when we are utilizing uh, this ID to uh, access services provided by the government or even by, by private entities. So it's, imagine this is like a digital version of our IC. Yeah, so uh, I think from my perspective, it is the way to go. Uh, it's inevitable. As long as we are moving towards uh, digitalization, this is part of, uh, part of the journey. Well, we have a question right off the bat um, from a listener, mm-hmm. Ezekiel, uh, who's saying, yeah. I wonder what extra information is needed with this digital ID that the government can't already get from our IC as well as LHDN. Can't they just centralize information? It's not so much about whether the government know or, don't, or do not know things about us. It's pretty much about us having the digital ID itself and using that digital ID to access information or access services that are provided by the government. Now, you can imagine this. The digital ID is a virtual um, IC, virtual national ID, right? So imagine that if we want to check our, let's say, our income tax statements, we want to check our, let's say, our EPF statement, right? We log on to those websites, those different websites, and then we have to have an account to log in and authenticate ourselves. Now, instead of using separate accounts to log in and authenticate ourselves, if we are using digital ID, we can uh, we can uniquely identify ourselves by uh, by running the by by accessing the app on the phone, and then uh, by using just single ID can access different services provided by the government. So it's pretty much a convenience um, from a sign-on perspective, right? Using one ID, accessing multiple different services. Now this is just for the government services. We can also integrate private services into the digital uh, ID ecosystem as well. So um, so the 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 applications are, are quite wide and uh, it's not so much about whether the government knows something or don't know something about us. So those were the benefits. On the flip side, what are some of the potential downsides of adopting a system like this? I would say the biggest concern uh, to most of us, uh, including myself, is the data custodian. Mm. That means the, the vendors and the government agencies who are managing the digital ID database, you know, the, the systems that hosting all the Malaysians' uh, uh, digital ID. And uh, you see, this is more like a single point of target. If anyone able to compromise the system, they can take over an, an identity or take over a whole bunch of identities, right? So... Um, in order to successfully implement digital ID ecosystems, right, I think one of the key component, key concern is the security of the infrastructure, infrastructure itself. Like, do we have qualified personnel, qualified experts to manage and secure 
the entire infrastructure. Otherwise, uh, you, you can imagine this. If someone take over our identity, take over our, our IC, our physical IC, the, the criminals can use our physical IC to do something, to go and register an account somewhere. But the same goes with digital ID. Uh, but the worst thing is that with digital ID, uh, it, it is more making it more convenient for the criminals you know, to, to, to exploit it. Um, and, you know, all of those things that you just said, these are the concerns that are brought up by members of the public, right? Including yes. personal records being leaked, um, misuse of personal information. When it comes to something like a national ID system, um, how valid are these concerns? I mean, especially when we're talking about a government being able to put in, um, you know, safeguards and so on. I think the data leak is a separate issue. You know, when it comes to digital ID, we, we are focusing on the issue itself, like what are the applications of digital ID and what can digital ID help us to do in, in daily lives? Now, of course, when we use our digital ID to access government services, uh, it gives us com the convenience. The equal convenience will also give it to criminals if they are able to hijack our ID and uh, they use our ID as if, you know, they are us to do things that we wouldn't normally do. Um, I'm... I would say data leak would be a separate concern. It may not be the concerns with digital ID. The more concerning thing is, are we able as a user, uh, there are two perspectives of it. As a user, are we able to secure the digital ID ourselves or not? You know, a mm -hmm. lot of the time, the digital ID most likely is going to be installed on our phone and uh, it, most likely it will be installed on our phone. Now, are we able to protect the security on our phone so that it will not be exploited? That's perspective uh, perspective number one the second thing is the custodian themselves like the government agencies the vendors who are helping the government to manage the digital id are they having the necessary skill sets or resources to protect the infrastructure so that you know they can detect they can monitor uh, they can prevent any kind of exploitation from cyber criminals so these are two prongs of the uh, the thing that we are quite concerned with so what are the safeguards that need to be in place to address um, both of those sets of concerns now, number one for consumers, first of all, we need to increase our awareness, uh, know the do's and don'ts, you know, when we, when we are going online, when we're assessing the, uh, the, our digital ID on our phone. Of course, we need to have the awareness how to protect our phones so that it will not, uh, you know, uh, let the hackers take advantage. Um, so that's from a consumer's perspective. Now, on the government side, data custodian's perspective, I think, uh, it's back to the same old, um, security defense uh, basically they need to implement cyber security defense in order to make sure that the infrastructure that they're managing are secure uh, so um, so this this is a con this these are the continuous effort that you know it's not a one-time effort it's, it's a continuous progress as long as you want to create and maintain these ecosystems we need to ensure that cyber security is in place now, India, Singapore, the UAE are all examples of countries that have successfully adopted a digital ID system. What can we learn from these countries um, in terms of how to successfully implement ours? I think they all have uh, certain challenges during the implementation. Uh, for example, uh, let's use Singapore, for example. Uh, digital ID, the idea of digital concepts started like more than 20 over years ago in Singapore. And uh, today, um, and I think People may have heard of the name SingPass, right? SingPass is a very good application of digital ID. You know, any Singaporean uh, PR would like to access to government services or even some private services, you can use SingPass to identify yourself, to authenticate yourself. Um, and this is a good um, successful case studies, you know, we can refer to uh, where a lot of uh, digital services can be conducted online with trust 
because of the maturity of the ecosystem in place. So um, that's why inevitably when we move on to a more mature state of digitalization, where we have more services going to be offered online, uh, digital ID is the way to go already. So we have a question from a listener, Yang, who's asking, is our government's cybersecurity system safe enough for us to have this? So on our part, do we have that necessary framework to uh, support a nationwide digital ID system? I, I think this is beyond my, my understanding or my knowledge about whether the government has sufficient uh, uh, resources. But uh, from a framework perspective, I think we can also look at the 2024 cybersecurity bill. Um, my, I, I personally hope that you know, the government will, uh, will take a more aggressive uh, stance when it comes to cybersecurity defense. Uh, but I think looking at the cybersecurity bill, this is a good start. Um, at this point, I think we still need a more mature framework uh, that governs and regulate the usage of digital ID. So this is something I think is, is in progress. But uh, in order to roll out digital ID successfully, I think from a law, legal perspective, we also need to have a legal framework as well to facilitate the, the success of the uh, digital ID system. So it's, it's not just based on IT itself. It's pretty much on the legal, on the user awareness. There are multiple aspects of it to make it a success. Now, the PM has said that they won't be forcing anybody to register for the digital ID for now. What do you think would be the best way to implement widespread adoption of the digital ID? I think the best way to um, to implement adoption is basically is to move um, the convenience uh, to to let the users know that they understand the convenience of using digital ID. Now we cannot deny that there are certain netizens who are not, you know, not from, so there are certain citizens uh, or residents in Malaysia who are not very internet savvy. They may not be belongs to the group of uh, digital citizen, right? So these are the group of people that may not be able to enjoy the benefits of using digital ID online. For example, they may not use um, use the internet to uh, to check their EPF statements. They may not, may not use the, uh, the internet to download their income tax statements and all that. So, But they can still physically go to income tax, EPF, to use their physical IC to identify themselves. But for those who are more internet savvy, those who are using computers, now the communities are there. Uh, we can use digital ID to access multiple different government services uh, use digital ID to identify, identify ourselves. And, a, and a, in a more mature state, digital ID could also be used to sign documents, uh, and which, cover, which also brings in the, the power of legal uh, authority. And um, th- there, there are multiple applications of that. So instead of just doing identification, digital ID can be used for mu- in, in multiple different uh, applications as well. So you alluded to this a little bit just now. Um, There are, of course, concerns around the digital divide in Malaysia and how not everybody will uh, be fully able to utilize a digital ID. Um, How can we ensure that the system is inclusive, especially for those without regular access to technology? Yeah, I think this this could be the challenge because um, as the name implies, it's digital, right? So we we have to use... uh, IT, we have to leverage on IT to, in order to utilize digital ID. Um, but I, I, the other thing I would say in terms of fulfilling the inclusivity, uh, we do not entirely roll out the, uh, the physical IC as well because uh, there are some services from the government, we still need to accept physical IC. Instead of depending on digital ID, the physical IC shall still remain in place and those who are not technology inclined, we can still access the government service using uh, physical IC as well. So uh, we are not, unless as the Prime Minister uh, 
clarify earlier, we are not replacing the physical IC. We still need to use our physical IC to assess, uh, you know, the government services. So I, I don't think that will uh, marginalize any um, people who are not technology inclined in this area, in this in this sense. So earlier you mentioned uh, that data leaks is perhaps a different um, concern. Now, the thing is, though, over the last few years, there have been a number of data leaks uh, that have been associated with government systems. And there's been this has created a lot of fear and this has affected public perception. How can the government better communicate their plans for digital ID so as to reassure and educate the public? Um, I share the same feeling. <laughs> so I think the government, uh, that's why I said, I think overall we need to be more aggressive, uh, whether, whether it's the government or private sector. I, I, I'm hoping that the government has a stronger collaboration between the uh, public and private sector, uh, because after all, cybersecurity is not an isolated, uh, it's not an isolated uh, island. You know, we need to work very closely. Um, we need to share threat intelligence in between the public and private sectors. Um, the other thing is also like what you mentioned. There are kind of multiple incidents. You know, uh, data incidents have happened before, and and when we trace back to the root cause, it's also due to the lack of uh, security defense and in the public sector i think this is all this is this is a, going to be a continuous concern is as long as the government do not um, be ag aggressive enough in implementing defenses i think this is a concern this is ongoing concern and in order to ensure digital ID, id project is a success i would i would suggest that you know the everyone uh, especially the government sector uh, put more uh, a con more aggressive um, concern into protecting our our digital id systems what would you like to leave us with i think uh what i would like to say is that uh digital id is inevitable you know we have more and more services going to be uh going online um in in the future in the near future um so we just need to stay vigilant um we can do what we can do at least you know uh stay alert you know be careful when we use the internet and uh, do not do anything foolish and do not you know change your password keep your phone safe and don't use pirated software i mean have all the best practices implemented so um, at the same time i'm also hoping i'm really hoping that the government take cybersecurity seriously and um, to create a much safer digital id ecosystem for all of us to to enjoy yeah that's CF, all i have to say thanks for speaking with us today thank you shamila thanks that was C.F. Fong, CEO and cybersecurity consultant at LGMS, weighing in on the newly launched National Digital ID System. But we want to hear from you as well. Are you... Um are you in favour of this national digital ID? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us and keep it here, BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It is 6.39. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila. We're talking about the national digital ID that was launched just today uh, with the aim, of course, of being able to access digital government services digitally with one integrated online digital identity. Um, and so we've been talking about the uh, pros and cons of this, um, what good implementation would look like, and we want to hear from you. Are you in favour of the National Digital ID? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. So we have a number of thoughts that have come in on this. Um, 
So H.J. says, it's about data and management of the population. The pro is obvious. It's for the government uh, to um, legalize, uh, to to make sure that there aren't illegal activities happening. The con is um, issues of privacy. So H.J., I I guess... We did discuss the pros and cons earlier with our guest, C.F. Fong, and um, I, I think the concerns around privacy is something that a lot of people have been bringing up. And, and again, I think this also has to do with the fact that um, the government hasn't had the best track record, I want to say, when it comes to how our digital data has been uh, protected or kept. And I don't mean to say it's this government in particular. In fact, this is um, these are issues that have stretched back um, a couple of governments at least. Um, so I, I do think that some amount of um, reassuring and uh, perhaps transparency in terms of how they have how they plan to manage this data and and manage these questions of privacy is really important um, we have M actually saying very similar things it might put the whole uh, nation's security in jeopardy um, and again M, I, I would be curious to hear what specifically your concerns are if you'd like to get back in touch um, you know, we, we addressed a few of them earlier. On the one hand, um, user challenges in terms of maintaining uh, the security of your own devices and, and um, your own use of this digital ID, uh, but also the issue of the systems that are in place. So if you'd like to get back in touch and tell us which exactly your concerns are, um, I'd be happy to hear. Um, in the meantime, Shah, actually, bringing up a, a really interesting point, saying link the digital ID with medical records and database, then we'll get somewhere. So I I find this really intriguing and I wonder whether it might not already be um, a part of what is planned for something like a digital ID. I haven't yet read about medical records, but I do think that it's one really easy and um, an easy way in which uh, people can see the benefits of being able to access your medical records across hospitals and across uh, different sorts of centers and doctors, because that's such a challenge today, right? Um, so I absolutely agree. I think that's a good example of how something like a digital ID could be helpful to the right yet. Um, and, and, you know, I think partly for me, uh, hearing the even just hearing that you don't need separate logins for your tax and then for your EPF and so on um, is already a big plus because on the one hand, there's the question of just the hassle of remembering multiple um, multiple login names and multiple passwords, but also um, needing to think about security for each of those platforms. I think something like a digital ID Again, knowing that we already use digital services for so many of our um, interactions with the government, I think something like a digital ID would be hugely helpful. Um, Do keep your thoughts coming. Are you in favour of a national digital ID? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this for more of your messages. But in the meantime, the lightning seeds with Ready or Not, BFM 89.9. Backing female ministers, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 6.48. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila. And we are closing off our conversation on the national digital ID and asking you, are you in favour of this one digital ID that we can use to access um, all of our government services? 
you can call 77332900 send us a voice note or whatsapp 0187898899 tweet us at pfm radio um i wanted to start with this from azlan because you know he really takes it from the realm of possibility to the realm of imagination because azlan says integrate the id with your car if there's a possibility and then you don't have to bring your car keys all the time anymore so The PM did say we're not living in a sci-fi movie we don't have to worry about chips being put in your body which I thought was quite funny um but Azlan your idea takes it to the verge of that while also giving us an idea that I'm frankly quite excited by um I suppose if we're talking about smart cars and smart identification systems this is perhaps only inevitable and we might see a future where our one id would be used for driving cars getting into homes who knows not quite yet though at the moment it's mostly just to access government websites and services but who knows muddy meanwhile um highlighting um perhaps a uh, a reality of our times saying many are concerned about privacy when it comes to introducing the digital id the fact that we are all carrying um ids and are carrying smartphones downloading apps and so on shows that there's no such thing as privacy in the digital world we're technically naked in the digital world so I think you you have a fair point Madi you know um the word inevitable came up a number of times in our conversation and I feel like um a lot of these concerns around privacy um often come from I think a sense of being swept along um without necessarily understanding what it is you're giving over when you sign over to services um that require your data and your information and at the same time we're also being fed so much information about how that data can be misused and um you know how data can be leaked and so on and I think it can be quite a difficult landscape to navigate where that line is between saying yes to a digital service that can be helpful and that can actually make life easier for us um and where the you know where caution should be exercised and where to say well maybe this isn't something that I want to be a part of um Dennis says This digital ID has barely been spoken about. There were no advertisements or announcements and suddenly the PM is numero uno in being digitalized. The good thing is that if it operates well enough it will create con- convenience to bona fide transactions in many ways. However, scammers and illegal transactions can still be a big worry, especially when we don't have the tools, knowledge or technology to protect people. Please put more thought to this and maturity um maturity is required. So, Dennis, you know, to be fair um i'm not sure that it's entirely fair to say we don't have the tools knowledge and technology to protect people i feel like um that i feel like there are plenty of models that the government can and has looked at when it comes to the implementation of the digital id um i do think though that um the points that you brought up uh the idea that um scammers and illegal transactions continue to be a big worry for many people but also particularly your point about the lack of communication around the digital id um is a really good one because um you're right i mean we work in the media so there has been talk about this national digital id for a while it pops up in conversations here and there um but certainly in terms of uh, public communication in terms of talking to people about how it might be helpful what sorts of precautions one might need to take um isn't necessarily done to the extent that it should be um and i think that actually is a really big part of getting people to trust and adopt the system uh shazli says 
some of the people's concern on digital IDs may stem not from from not understanding what it is. The concept of a digital ID is just a verified login that represents a person in the digital world. In this case, it's even better because the ID is verified against your IC. There's no data tied to a digital ID. It's just a verified login. And what's better is that it'll only work from your mobile phone. Thus, even if someone knows your password, they still can't impersonate you unless you have your phone as well. It's an ID to get access that belongs only to you. No possible data exposure to it. Therefore, I'm all for it. Shazli, you know, you understand it better than me, possibly. Um, I think that this sort of explanation and this sort of clarity is exactly what I'm talking about when we when I say that um, more communication needs to be done. Better communication needs to be put out in terms of how this ID works, what it means, what the benefits are, and what the safety measures are that are going to be included in this national digital ID. So... That is all the time we have for today. Uh, but do keep your thoughts coming. Um, we want to hear from you as well. Are you um, are you in favour of this national digital ID? You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us and keep it here. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.